0: Okay, I'm going to read from Exodus, the 18th chapter. We learn again by these types. We learn in 1 Corinthians 10, 6 and 11. We learn from these things, from the old, uh, from the old covenant. And it may be old, but there's all the germs of all the truth that we have in Christ are, are the seeds in germ form there. That's why all Scripture is given by God breathing it out, it's a very God giving Himself this very breath. What a tremendous thing to even consider uh, this morning! What just that fact, just those facts is so incredible. And so we're going to learn. We're going to learn by those things, as we said. So here is in the type. Here is Exodus the eighteenth chapter. Okay, when Jethro in verse one the priest of Midian, notice he was a priest unto God, of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses. He was an older man. God had, a, had done a lot for him. And he saw that. And and, and doing it for Moses, obviously for, for Israel, his people. And, and that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. He brought them out of the... World system and Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back, and the two sons, of which the name of one was Gershom. Names are very, very interesting in the Old Covenant. A lot of times you can get this truth out of, out of certain uh, margins. But again, Moses' first, the name of his first child, was Gershom. Why? Because he said, "I'm a stranger in this place." I'm here, my life isn't here, my life is from above, but I'm here. That's the Christian, not it. that's the Christian. Christ, in John 17, verse 14, was not of the world system. He was in it, but he wasn't of it. Neither are we in John 17 and verse 16. None of us are in Christ. So he said, I am a stranger. That's 1 Peter 2, 11. We are strangers and pilgrims in this earth. We're passing through. Everything about us as we're passing through here. We're not settling down and getting a comfortable place. And again, and thank God that we're not. Now he said, then he said, for he said, I have been an alien in a strange land. And the name of the other was Eliezer. For the God of my father said he was my help and delivered me from the sword <coughs> of Pharaoh. And the second name, that while we're in the world, God doesn't, he doesn't help us to settle down. How many of our prayers are that? Help me settle down. The truth of the matter is, that's what he said, he named a second child. God is my help. Help to what? Not to settle down here. God is my help. He's going to lead me through. In any area that I begin to settle down, and my view is no longer vertical, but horizontal, he's going to, Come in, and he's going to teach me constantly. And Jethro, and he was delivered from the sword of Pharaoh. Okay, Pharaoh type of the enemy. Okay? Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife unto Moses, unto the wilderness where he encamped at the Mount of God. And he said unto Moses, I am, I, your father-in-law, Jethro, am come unto you with your wife and her two sons with her. And Moses went out to meet his father-in-law. I want you to see this. This is so beautiful. He went out to meet his father-in-law, a man that was older than him, and kissed him. (laughs) He kissed him. I think that's amazing. He kissed him. Because all through the Bible, all through the Bible, what does a kiss represent? It means the submission of love. I'm submitted. I'm submitted to you. You're an older man, I'm submitted to you. 1 Timothy 5, 1, never rebuke an elder, but treat him as a father. And the older women as mothers, ever. Not, Not even one single time. You should ever, ever do that. Furthermore, you should never even hear anyone speak of an elder that way. Ever, not even one time. Okay? We should never, ever do that, ever. Because that's not God's order. That's breaking order. When you break order, you break the honor of the order in 1 Samuel 2, verse 30. We never break that order. Now, what is a kiss? A kiss. A kiss. A godly kiss was brought out, and it's brought out in Romans 16, verse 16. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Greet one another with a submission of your will to love, and that's what you'll have to give to each other in a constant way. In 1 Corinthians sixteen twenty, and in 2 Corinthians 13, 12, in 1 Thessalonians five twenty six, and in 1 Peter 5, in verse 14, greet one another with a holy kiss. It's brought out again in Song of Solomon, uh, in the first chapter in verses 2 through 4, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Let, let him. And as I submit to his love, that's what I have, and it's in an order. And when I function in love and function in God's, God's order, look at, what, look at what he did. Look at what he did. He went out and did obeisance. Oh, my God. He reverenced in honor the place of his father-in-law that God placed him over him. And he kissed him. He submitted to him. Oh, that's why we teach. Again, so many times in Psalm 23 and verse 4 Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I have no fear of evil, because love will keep it out, the comfort of his love. But, and yet it says, his rod and his staff will comfort me. What does the rod speak of? Loving chastisement, because it always speaks of comfort. Do I know when to apply that? When and where and how and to who? It's very necessary. For, for the function of God's order. We're gonna see why too. We'll see why this morning. But a godly kiss, that's what it speaks of. Let him kiss me, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. I'm gonna read that in Song of Solomon, verse one. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love. That's why we always talk about chastisement is the comfort of God's love. We just said, Psalm 23 and verse 4. Your rod, comfort, and your staff, your guidance to inspect me, comfort me. Your rod and your staff. Do we know how to do that with, with each of those that God has put us over as guides? It's very necessary. So let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Because of the savor of your good ointments. Your name is as an ointment poured forth. Therefore, do the virgins love you. That's who we are in Christ. That's who we are in Christ. We're to treat each other that way. Draw me, we will run after you. The king has brought me into his chambers. (laughs) In the very presence of God, our position in Christ. We will be glad and rejoice in you. We will remember your love more than wine. Do you know why? Because where it says here, the upright love you, when it says that, the upright will love you, means they, they love you uprightly. There's nothing about vertical. There's everything about vertical in their relationship with each other. It's nothing horizontal, nothing of the flesh, not a single thing, not one single thing. And so Moses, in, in Exodus 18, in and, and verse 7, Moses went out, he went out, of his way to meet his father-in-law and did obeisance and kissed him. And the first thing he, they asked of each other is, how's your peace? That's what love always gives us. Our joy, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians five twenty-two and 23, our joy may be up and down, but our peace is settled. And I know that when God leads me by peace, I will have joy in Psalm sixteen eleven in his presence. And if I don't, would I even bother to ask someone who's older than me? How's your peace? I have, what he's saying is, I have peace. How's yours? Because we're so loved. We're so loved. And they came into the tent. Notice that? They came together because they were one. Moses told his father in law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh. Maybe he, maybe. Um, Moses in, in terms of his natural years was younger, but God had done all of that to Moses, but to give to his father-in-law. And to the Egyptians, what he what the Lord had done unto Pharaoh, Satan, and to the Egyptians, all those that function in the world for Israel's sake, and all the travail that had come upon them by the way. and how the Lord, delivered them all. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus said in John 16 and verse 33, in this world system that you're not of, in this world system, there's not a thing about you that in your character and who you are in Christ, from the way that you dress to the music that you listen to has anything at all to do with the world system. Not a single thing. Not one single thing about it. Boy, when those things are brought up, boy, boy, oh boy. You know, God will bring up the seemingly things that seem to be so small to us because he's after a bigger area, a much, much bigger area. It's called, in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, a stronghold. A stronghold. So, he said, In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have already overcome the world. Cheer there, again, is the comfort of his love. just is. And it always involves chastisement because, again, the first of grace, the first step that grace takes is chastisement if we're not functioning and growing in it in 2 Peter 3 and verse 18. And he said, And how the Lord delivered him. And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand, the stronghold, <laughs> of the Egyptians. Worldly strongholds and believers. in those that we love the most. Those that are closest to us. That we love deeply. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh who has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Those that live in the world. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all these other gods, all these other things, all these other idols that became attached to me. Because you know that all those idols, those material things, what's behind them, if we're not led by God, are demons. Demonic force to cause us to function in a material way. Read Matthew, the sixth chapter, in those 34 verses. Now, Listen to what it says, and I listen with you. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all these other gods, these idols, for in the thing wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. He was above them. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. And Aaron came, and all the elders of Israel, to eat bread with Moses Father in law before God. They were having fellowship. They were communing around Jesus Christ, the sacrifice. And it came to pass on that, on the morrow, that Moses sat to judge, and judge here is always to rule and give comfort through the word, to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from morning unto evening. <laughs> oh God. I'll never listen to anyone that ever says, do you have to do that so much? No, you can do as much as you want. Remember in Exodus, the 16th chapter, when the manna came down, the people that got up early, they could gather as much as they wanted. And if you didn't want to gather much, you didn't. But then you didn't have very much. It's up to the individual. It's all ours. Now, here it is again. They sat from morning to evening. They had fellowship together. They were one. And Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people. He said, what is this thing that you do to the people? Why sit you by yourself alone? Why are you trying to do everything yourself? Why do people think, why do Christians think that pastors are supposed to do everything? I'm going to tell you what a pastor teacher does. First and foremost, and Honestly, we better get 2 Timothy 2, 1 to 4, straight as pastors and teachers. And we better understand the fact that he, he gave some pastors, he gave some, the men in Ephesians 4, 8, and in some evangelists and pastors and teachers for the work, listen, for the work of the ministry. And that involves praying, giving yourself to Christ, and intense study of the Word of God, Acts 6, verse 4. Just means that crystal clear. And if you don't have that ability, oh boy. Oh boy, a man of God does not mix himself up with the affairs of everyday life. He just doesn't. That is 2 Timothy 2 1 4, because that is from an apostle talking to a young pastor. That's what it's saying there. And we understand that in Acts 6 4. You're not to go serve tables. Okay, you're just not to do that. If that's, but if God's called you to do something other than that, well, then, <laughs> then I'll leave that up to God and, of course, and myself up to individuals. So he said, why do you do this alone? And all the people stand by you from morning unto evening. And Moses said unto his father, because, because the people come unto me to inquire of God. And when they have a matter... They come unto me and I judge, I discern between one and another. If they have issues, like believers have issues in a local assembly, how should we deal with them? How should we deal with them? I just honestly want to say this. Listen. You and I, as pastor teachers, are to deal with people in their personal problems, but when they bring in another individual that's not there to discuss with you, you have no business having that conversation without that person being there. That is the scriptures. That's crystal clear. I want to make that crystal clear. That's crystal clear because you have to be careful what you hear in Mark 4.24, and be careful how you hear in Luke 8.18, and if you're not instructed through the word in John 1.19-25, you're gonna hear things, you are going to have to deal with them, and in measure, it's going to have an effect on that relationship when you heard something from someone else that was that other person, it's gonna affect your relationship with them, and it's gonna cause struggles and confusion. We need to do things indecently and in order. And we should not bypass these things. We don't bypass them. We don't. We need to be dealt with. In love. With comfort. Because honestly, that's it. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that you do is not good. You will surely wear away. You wear away, both you and this people that is with you. You think you're going to do it all by yourself. And we know who God chooses. If you want to know who he chooses to use, I'm going to show you here. I'll read it to you. This is who God chooses to use. He does the choosing, right? And John 15, 16, listen to me. You, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Any more than we even choose those to be over us. And when we don't want God's choice of those that are over us, we're going to find someone else. But you're still going to bring things that aren't dealt with. Here is is this particular chapter that we'll read from here. This is who God uses. This is 1 Corinthians 1, verse 24. But of them which are called, Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Notice that? Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world. In other words, as a believer, I can function in the world and think those that God chose to be over me is foolish. I may think I know a little more than them. Oh, Oh, Lord, help us. Not to function outside of your order, and you can be sure if God's chosen individuals to be over you and they haven't dealt wisely with you, you can be sure of one thing: God will deal with them. You know who will deal with them? God will. That's who. That's who's going to do it. Okay. now for you see your calling, brethren how that, not many might, mighty and wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, those who think they have wisdom. To think that a young person has some wisdom. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world which are despised, yea, has God chosen, and things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. And don't you think that if you, an individual, functions outside of order, even as a Christian, with a certain amount of truth, might not be able to hide what's really going on that maybe others, honestly, don't see. They just don't see it, but God does, and he sees it. And if he sees an individual, he's seeing them in their righteousness, but what they're functioning in may not be, and that's where the rod comes in. It's a comfort, but it's a rod. And then the staff, now now he can guide. You can see that in Acts the ninth chapter. You see that in Acts nine one through six. Even with the Apostle Paul, even with him. Now, again, we go back to Exodus eighteen. You will surely in eighteen eighteen you will surely wear away both you and this people, for this thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to perform it yourself alone. I'm telling you. I was in Florida, little me little dust, whatever, <laughs> I don't know, you know, <laughs> we're just vessels, boy, when are we going to, we're just vessels in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, for that treasure to reside in, oh, and we don't even realize yet the treasure, and he'll still use that treasure in these vessels, as in Florida, I was coming to Massachusetts, I really believe uh, that God had called me to come there, and God said, no, you're going to take a left-hand turn to Texas, and I went, Texas? Why God, Texas? And I'm going to tell you, as God is my judge. This is what he told me. He said that you're going to preach to the people, but I am sending you there, because it's not you apart from the treasure, to raise up men of God, leaders. That's what he told me. Back then. <laughs> Back then, and that was a while ago. It was probably 12 years ago. I'm not sure. Why? Because whatever he was going to have me to do would be we, I couldn't do alone. Now, you can't do it alone. What is that? What do you mean? We, we, what is the scriptures on that? What, is, what are the scriptures on that particular thing? How should I interpret what that's being, what's being said there? And this is it. This is 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit you to faithful men. Who will be able, will have that supernatural ability to teach others also. You, man of God, pastor, you... Therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. No man that gets involved in this warfare, Ephesians 6, 10 to 19, no man that entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier, to be one who's in the service of another. That's who a soldier is. He's in the service, in the worship of another. So he said, you're not able to perform this in Exodus 18, 18. Hearken now therefore unto my voice and I will give you counsel from an older man. He's going to give you counsel and God will be with you after that counsel. Be you therefore for the people to Godward that you may bring the causes unto God and you will teach ordinances and laws and shall will show them the way wherein they must walk. And the word... They must do. If I live in darkness, will I walk in light as a believer? I'm going to stop there. Light. Light. Listen to this. Light. Did you know the kisses? The kisses are in two ways. There are kisses of love and kisses of deceit. Judas. Judas. And we all have this flesh in us. Thank God we're not of it. But that's what he did. Judas in Matthew 26, 48. Mark 14, 44. In Luke 22, 47 and 48. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. He drew near to him to give him a kiss. I want to say this too when we talk about capacity for young people, when we talk about capacity, I want to read, this is Proverbs 20, verse 11. I'm going to read it to you. Even a child is known by his doings. Come on, he knows right from wrong. And in the flesh, would we skip over those and give a kiss? Even a child is known by his doings, whether his work is pure and whether it be right. Then it goes right into the hearing ear. And if I don't want to submit, then, you know, I'll blow that off. And then we can see in Proverbs 22 and verse 6, train up a child in the way, the right way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. We talked about old people, how they functioned so long in a certain area. You can't even reach them. Talked about it. We saw it recently. God forbid that we should do that with our children or young people that are, that are under us as older men. Right? 22, 6. 22, 15. Foolishness is bound in the heart, the mind, and the emotions of a child with a will, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. What's the rod? Anger? Making them a sounding board for your anger? No, it's comfort. It's chastisement. Proverbs 3 11 and 12. Proverbs chapter, read the 29 verses in Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Watch the flow of them. They're very beautiful. They're very, per- <laughs> there's nothing like the scriptures. Nothing like them whatsoever. Proverbs 23 and verse 13. Withhold not correction from a child. Yeah, but if I, they have an area in their life that I'm not, not aware of, Or I don't have the skill to see it or understand it. Then what? Well, you you might want to listen to an older man. Even though you're a leader of people. Withhold not correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You will beat him with a rod and will deliver his soul from hell. My son, if your heart be wise, my heart will rejoice even mine 23:24 The father the father of the righteous spiritual daddies the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice and he that begets a wise child will have joy of him will have joy of him and then we have 29 of Proverbs in verse 15 29 and verse 15 The rod and reproof give wisdom We We, we want that when we're functioning in the flesh. Would there be areas, as a child of God, that I could hide, maybe not hide from one, but go to another and hide? 29.15, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings his mother to shame. You're to rule over these, Moses. You're to rule over them as guides. That's what rule, men, right? And you will teach them in Exodus 1820 ordinances and laws and will show them the way wherein they must. Must. John 3 30, he must increase, but I must decrease. Yes, but I'm living in my decrease, and yeah, maybe the increase is mine, but right now I don't want to hear it. That should stop me. Because I don't want to hurt them in their capacity, really. Now, even a child is known by his doings, even a child. I wonder why you, anyways. Okay, now show them the way when they, they must walk and the work that God has for them to do as a joint. In in, in, in in Ephesians 4.16, that they should be a supply, but it comes from teaching and submission. Submission. Can a child, what can a child do? Can a child hide some things? Can they? Can they? Can they? Well, this is Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and I'm going to read that. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, Be you, that's personal, individual, be you, therefore, followers of God as what? Dearly beloved children, and what? Allow your life, to your walk, your Christian walk, Philippians 2, 12 and 13, to be governed in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering us in a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication, 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 of course, long before it becomes, and here it is a physical act, but it starts in a spiritual sense long before it is a physical thing. And we need to keep in mind in Matthew 5, 28 and 29 about lust. You may not do it outwardly, but you do it inwardly. Lust after a woman, you have committed it. That's why we need to be so very careful, all of us. Fornication. But here, these Ephesians... Okay, that came out of the world system and in, were bringing in areas in their life that were never dealt with and hadn't been dealt with yet. They were newly born again. They were newly taught certain things, but they still brought that in. It was inward and needed to be worked out. That was the decrease. The decrease that needs to be worked out of the experience so that now the increase, the attachment, is Christ himself and not something else that's attached to us. But they began, they they took it as a light thing. That's not a big deal. So I, eh, so I act like the world. Eh, it's not. So I listen to the music of the world. Eh, so what? Okay, so I dress like I I probably shouldn't, but I do. Eh, so what? It's okay. It's all right. That's okay. Let's just bring it all into the local assembly. (laughs) Indifference. It was a matter of indifference. And they were indulging in it without an ounce of shame at all. Not only by the mass of the people, but they were taught by philosophers in the world that it was okay to be that way. Where does that that come from, from us? It's okay for a a young person to function a certain way. And God forbid that I should ever deal with them because I don't want to hurt their capacity. Where is that? Taught by philosophers and men of distinction. Listen to this. Men of distinction that they looked up to. You can look up to another man of God. He can be right in certain areas. But they were taught by philosophers and men of distinction who in other respects led exemplary lives. That's where we get our word porno, pornograph, pornography, porno, pornea. Illicit sexual intercourse. That's a spiritual sense. That's what God needs to deal with us inwardly. That's what Ephesians is going right into, by the way. That's what Ephesians, Ephesians, and I'm going to read Ephesians. Here it is, Ephesians. Be you therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and has given himself an offering and a... Uh, For an offering and a a sacrifice for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication, spiritual, first before it becomes an outward act. In all uncleanness, oh boy. No, that's okay. That's okay if they do that here. I mean, it's okay. Is it? It is? Why is it okay? That's because you, you're not functioning in Scriptures. You're not functioning. You're not walking in love towards them because you you're not doing it, and I wouldn't be doing it in myself towards God. Fornication and all uncleanness or covetous, not, don't even let it once be named among you as become saints in your true character in 1 John 1, 7. Neither filthiness, here's another bit, nor foolish talking. Words have meaning, folks, that's why certain words, you're going to hear me when I talk to you, I will not use certain words with you. And the reason I won't is because I know by the grace of Almighty God, the meaning of them, words have meaning. That's it. And I'm, honestly, and, and it's not critical, you, you may choose to do that. I'm, I won't choose to do that. I won't see you after that, but that's where I am foolish talking, nor jesting, look these words up in the original, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks, for you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, they all have idols, and behind an idol are demons, that are oppressing and causing us to function in our experience, has any inheritance in the kingdom, the rulership of God, of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you. Oh God, stop allowing them to deceive you, you leaders. God wants us to function in love, but the purity of it. He wants us to experience these things in oneness. But I am telling you, in all of us, we need to have the hidden things brought to the light. And Watch what it says. Let no man deceive you with empty words. All the excuses why they did what they did. In John 15, excuses not to be right for what they knew and did anyways. That's for any of us. For because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Now. Make it, I want to make it clear this morning here. The Holy Spirit, when he deals with you and I in Christ, it's never with wrath. Christ dealt with that. John 3.36, 1 Thessalonians 1.10, 1 Thessalonians 5.9. He's dealt with, but he will deal with us in the comfort of loving chastisement, and that can even be pretty intense. But I should withhold it? I know they shouldn't, but I'm going to withhold it. Why? Tell me the reason, what would be the reason? Why? He doesn't threaten Christians with the wrath of God. It's not the way that the, the Holy Spirit works in us, but he does deal with things. And he deals with them in a right order. For instance, if someone in Texas had an issue with Mike Fenton, and it wasn't of something personal in their life, didn't involve anybody else, then then Mike should listen to them. But if it involves another person and that person's not there, should Mike listen? Answer, no. No. If someone came from there and told me about him, you know why you know and what I didn't like about him, you know. And you know why I did this? It was, this was this reason. You know what? I tell him, shut, please shut up and go to. Stop right there. Stop it right now. Let's get him on the phone. Let's talk right now. Let's deal. How sh- soon should we deal with the issues? Immediately. What are we waiting for? Because we're involved in love and oneness? Well, why? What are we? Tell me what we're waiting for. I wonder why we can't go forward in areas. Watch. For any of us. Let no man deceive you. Because of the wrath. Okay, on the children of disobedience. Be not you therefore partakers with them. Well, uh, yeah, I know it's wrong, but I don't want to. Die. Come on. What? Really? For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in what? Secret. secret. You don't think others can come to you, hug you, kiss you, love you, and have these secret things in their lives that aren't dealt with? We all have them, but there's an order in how they're to be dealt with. <laughs> And God doesn't violate the honor of his order, 1 Samuel 2, verse 30. He does not. He does all things in 1 Corinthians 14, 40, decently, openly, honestly, transparently, and in his order. His order is transparent. Now, that transparency is always love without wrath when it, when it comes to dealing with each other. But make no mistake about it. His chastisement is loving and there's comfort, but it's, it's, it's correction that we wouldn't grow in grace. You know why Christians don't grow? Because they may be able to declare to you a truth, but because there's something hidden inside that they will not bring out. And by the way, that hidden thing's that stronghold in 2 Corinthians 10, 4. There's no obedience involved, and I can bypass it, hug you, kiss you all day long. And still experience love. But let me show you what that is. proving what is acceptable of the Lord, and have no fellowship, look at, listen, no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved, reprove here means discovered. You think I want, if I function in areas of the flesh, Do you think, and if I like them, I can have the deceit and denial to cover them and still deal and have fellowship? You think so? Do I think so? Do I think I can have fellowship with God? (laughs) I know I can't kid God, but let me kid you. Let me tell you that I love you, and I'm here because I love you. I want to have fellowship with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. need to be dealt with, and quickly very quickly. Why put it off? But all things that are reproved means discovered. It's the Greek word, discovered. Are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever things do make manifest is light. Wherefore, he, he says, awake you that are sleeping and arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Then you see then that you can walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming, we need to redeem the time, men. Men, if we're going to do this, men, if we're going to do it, you know why others aren't here? I'm going to tell you why. Because those areas that are hidden have not been dealt with yet. There's no going forward. This isn't. This is the word of Ed. This is word of God convicting Ed. I guarantee you that right now. Guarantee. Because it's God. Without any question, it's all Him. Right? Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. You know what this, you know what? You know what? The Holy Spirit gave this to Paul because you know what they, what the Ephesians did. Even born that these, even if they were born again, they still had a trade. They dealt in leather goods and material, right? They dealt with them, and they would bring them into the light, listen, listen, into the open in the market to sell them. Here, I want you to buy this. But they would fold them in a way, because if there was a, an in, imperfection, something secret and hidden, they would fold it. So that the person that bought that, bought that hidden thing. <laughs> it wasn't pure. It wasn't pure. It wasn't right wasn't. All the things that we bring into Christianity that need to be, what? Decreased. But with love, no question about it. But with love. But with love. Listen, I can either hide in sin or I hide in Christ. I hide in the world system and I can do that and come to church, come to local assembly and give you a wide smile and a big kiss. And we're in this world system. Listen, again, John 17, 14, John 17, 16, as we wrap it up. Listen, and we're not touching it yet, but that's okay. Jesus was in the world. He wasn't of it. He didn't have a thing to do with it. He walked in the light that he is. Isn't that interesting? And we should walk in the light that he's made us to be in him. In 1 John 1, 7, 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. And Ephesians 5, verse 8, because in John 8, 12, he's the light. And we know in John 1, 5, and 1 John 1, 5, that's what light does. It discovers things. But we know also in John 3, 18 to 22, that when men don't want the light, in areas of their lives, Christians, they'll fold it over. They'll fold it over and bring it in, and you'll call it fellowship. God. For all of us. We need all of us in, to deal with it individually before him. Before I can deal with it with anybody else, obviously. So in this world system that we're in, that we're not of, in John 17 and verse 14, we are, with, we are either with him or without him. We either experience him as our teacher, or the wiles, the methodea, in Ephesians 6.11, is that that teaches us. And you know what he does the enemy. He does far more covertly than he does overtly. He will do more damage to a local assembly with not issues that are overt, and, they sh- and those shouldn't even be allowed. Come on. Come on. Should it be allowed? Why? Because you don't want to hurt them or affect their capacity? What? You mean you, you don't think they don't know better? In the meantime, we don't deal with those issues, and we know we should. God's waiting to be gracious through us to them. Lord, help us. Where sin is really spread out to God, it will not be persisted in. We won't function in a folded cloth. We just won't. We won't function with each other either in a folded cloth, none of us will, none of us will. We're not gonna do that, because then I have, oh God, then I have a certain speech. In these, what does a little leaven do? What did one, one of those spots that were folded over, what did it do to the whole garment? Ruined it. So the speech of the secret thing that's hidden that I don't want others to see, but I still have joy and, and, and get pleasure in it, the pleasures of sin. Read that in Hebrews 11, 23, 24, 25, and so on. This speech, with that sweet sweetness, is is, com, is with it is what? Dissimulation, hypocrisy, hidden. I'm a hypocrite. I can kiss. Yeah, Judas, he kissed Jesus, just like all the other disciples were doing. He kissed him. And I can kiss, but I can give the kiss of a polish, hidden speech that's just nothing more than the instrument of sin. We need, to, we, we need to deal with each other in honesty and openness. And if listen, if I don't have the skill to do it, then I need to get it. Where are we going to get it from? If I'm a younger man and I don't have it, where should we get it from? You get it from an older man. You get it from an older man. And you deal with strongholds. And God wants us to deal with, in our life with strongholds in the lives of others. A stronghold. Stronghold here means to make firm. It's a kruoma. O-C-H-U-R-O-M-A. And it means to make firm. A stronghold. It's a fortress. Of things, listen—the fortress, that stronghold, that secret, buried-in thing. Remember, when Paul was teaching through the Holy Spirit through him in Second Corinthians ten four to six, the Romans they would guard the Roman roads which he so frequently walked on, and they would police them so he could share the gospel. And then they would in their in their they had a navy too, where they would guard ships that were bringing the supplies. To other people that they were in government of, they would guard it from, from pirates that would come out of these cliffs, these strongholds buried deep in. It took so long to even try and get them out. They were so burrowed in. And then when they would least expect it, those down below, they'd come out and plunder the ships and go right back in. Stronghold. A stronghold is a fortress of those things in which only human confidence, listen to this, is imposed. You must receive me the way that I am. Is the way that you are who you are in Christ? No. I must receive it. I must give you room there because I don't want to hurt your capacity. When should we start teaching our children truth? Not to lie. When do you start to teach your children? Don't lie, honey. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't fight the battle that you shouldn't be fighting. Don't. When do we start teaching children that? When should we start teaching those that are in Christ? When do we start? What do we think love is? What do we think fellowship is? What do we think? When sin is really spread out to God and will not be persisted in. You know what? We can come in areas we don't want dealt with. It's all it is, is a very shrewd cunning imitation. The kiss, the so-called fellowship, so-called love. And, and what is it? Cunningly diverting or clearly retorting an objection. No, I don't have to listen to that. Who does that person think he is? Who does Moses think he is? He has his faults too. Who is he to tell me about mine? I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I didn't like what was said. Let me tell you why and let me give you all the excuses why I did what I did. (laughs) Let me give you them all. Okay, we have to close. But really, that, that shrewd imitation is just something that's couched, hidden, in a bold scheme of speech, in a lusty hyperball, right? To cause contradictions and divisions. And I may be ignorant of that, but you think the enemy is? Do you think he is? Oh, Lord. So a long time ago, God, in his pure grace, had to take me out of a wrong, t- take me out of a wrong system to teach me how a right system, and that starts with an individual, and that when that individual is functioning properly in, in the first three chapters of Ephesians, then he'll bring that into a local assembly and function properly in proper place. Proper place. We're not even touching this. But I, I'm telling you, I firmly believe. And, and, and Mike and I have said it for a long time. Yes, men truly need to hear this constantly. Constantly. Because if, they don't, if we don't hear this and don't know this or have things dealt with, tell me we can have the purity of fellowship. You tell me. Can we? Is it? Is love pure? Yes. Yeah. Is it in my experience? Well, Father, thank you for your loving chastisement, your loving word. And Father, just give us a time of questions and comments about this truth, which so much more needs to be brought out. So much more needs to be brought out about this, Father. And I pray that you have your way with me as an individual. And when In and Psalm 17, too, and when it says, let my sentence come forth in your presence. Boy, if we're not in his presence. And does sin get in his presence? Does shame get in his presence? Does hidden secret sins, in Psalm 90, verse 8, get in his presence? Absolutely not. No. No. God's preparing us with his love for us individually to do a great work, a true and great work in us and through us. And Father, we thank you and praise you so much for your love and your conviction. In Jesus' name, amen.